In the second episode of our two-part series on the tomato suspension agreement, we hear from Michael Shadler with the Florida Tomato Exchange on why the organization wants the agreement terminated and what it could mean for growers. Last week, we heard from Lance Youngmeyer, president of the Fresh Produce Association of the Americas, which is against terminating the agreement, and we discussed the effect that could have on importers and some businesses. If you missed that, you can always go back and listen to last week's episode. But for now, let's get into this week's interview with Michael Shadler. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Here is this week's Agnet Weekly. So I am working on a story about the tomato suspension agreement, and the tomato, uh, the Florida Tomato Exchange recently sent a letter asking for some changes on that. First, can you start out with telling me about the letter and what changes you feel are necessary? Yeah, so back in June, the Florida Tomato Exchange requested that the U.S. Department of Commerce, which is the U.S. agency that handles all dumping cases, uh, that they actually terminate the suspension agreement. And so the suspension agreement is a, actually a series of agreements dating back to 1996. The, the domestic industry, led by the Florida Tomato Exchange, filed an anti-dumping case against Mexico in 1996. Now, before that case could be fully investigated, there was basically a negotiated settlement, uh, which was called a suspension agreement because it suspended the investigation. Uh, in lieu of the suspension, uh, the Mexican industry agreed to certain terms, most notably of which was to not sell tomatoes below certain minimum reference pr- prices. Uh, long story short, fast forward 27 years, we are now just entering the fifth year of the fifth agreement. And each iteration of these agreements, we've tried, well, we've, we've, we've worked with the Department of Commerce to renegotiate agreements that we think would just be more effective and more enforceable. That's always been a problem from our perspective that these agreements just simply don't work for the fresh produce trade. It's, it, it's too hard to enforce. It's too hard to monitor. And we just simply believe that they haven't worked in, in 2019, a lot happened. So in 2019, the investigation was actually completed. Uh, despite the suspension agreements in the past, there was a moment where the suspension agreement, the previous suspension agreement was actually terminated. The investigation was completed and the Commerce Department and the International um, Trade Commission found that dumping had continued even with those suspension agreements in place and found that the U.S. industry had been injured. But Almost simultaneously, a new suspension agreement was negotiated and established, which then suspended the resulting dumping duties from going into effect. So previously, these suspension agreements had been suspending uh, the investigation. Now the new agreement, or I should say the current agreement, which was signed in 2019, is actually suspending a dumping order and dumping duties from going into effect. Uh, the current agreement, similar to past ones, despite good efforts from the Commerce Department, has just simply not been enforceable. And we continue to see a flood of cheap imported Mexican tomatoes come into the market at various times of the year. So based on that, uh, we have asked the Commerce Department to terminate the agreement because it's not working. And keep in mind that the these suspension agreements, first of all, they're incredibly rare. There's only eight of them that the U.S. government has, and that's eight out of almost 700 
cases of dumping. And when I say cases, different products that have had anti-dumping investigations or anti-subsidy investigations into them. So in the case of tomatoes, you've got a case that has been fully adjudicated. Uh, the Mexican industry has been found to have been dumping. And the International Trade Commission found that, that those, those dumped tomatoes are hurting the domestic industry. The normal trade recourse in a situation like this would be to impose what are known as anti-dumping duties on that product that has been found guilty of dumping. But we are still locked in a suspension agreement. These suspension agreements by statute are supposed to completely eliminate injury to the domestic industry. That's actually a, close to verbatim language of what the statute says. Since it's not doing that, and we've seen our industry be decimated over the course of the 27 years of these agreements, we're simply asking for the normal trade remedy to be implemented, and that's anti-dumping duties. There's some um, controversy, there's some disagreement. Another group that is saying there, there's no reason for this suspension and that it would be detrimental to several businesses, also saying that there has not been a problem with dumping. Right. What, right. how do you dispute that? Yeah. Yeah, so so I mean the, the the fact of the matter is, I mean it's 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 indisputable that the Mexican industry in 2019, this is a matter of public record, was found guilty to be dumping. I mean that was just simply the result of a legal proceeding. Um, the average margin that was found in in the dumping uh, case was 21 percent. So that means that if the suspension of the of the dumping duties is lifted, if that suspension goes away, there will be an automatic imposition of the 21% duty rate on Mexican tomatoes. Uh, that's just, again, that's a matter of public record. So any information that you hear that dumping did not take place is, is you know, can't, it's just untrue. Uh, there are, so, so the, the primary voice in the United States um, that wants the agreement to continue is an organization called the Fresh Produce Association of Americas. They represent importers of uh, fresh Mexican produce. In fact, their website is freshfrommexico.com. Uh, you know, they their members who who are the ones that import tomatoes from Mexico obviously don't want the dumping duties to go into place because they'll have to then put up the cash deposits uh, for duties. Now, keep in mind that a, a dumping duty is not the same as a traditional tariff. And here's here's where I think it's um, you know a, a very compelling case that these duties sh should go into effect because uh, dumping duties actually allow the foreign industry to earn their way out of having to pay the dumping duties. There's after each 12 month cycle, there's a review process that takes place, and if dumping did not occur during that 12 month period, uh, the importers that had to pay those dumping duties in the form of a cash deposit, actually get their money back. So if, if through good behavior, in other words, uh, they can get their money back. And if they are able to do that over a series of years, we'll go back to free trade. So if the Mexican industry proves that they are no longer going to dump tomatoes in the U.S. market, they can get out of the duties. It's as simple as that. So there's also, and I did speak with a representative from the FPAA, and um, again, in full disclosure, I, it's likely that both of these interviews will be used in a podcast, um, just yeah. in full form. Um, and one of the things I discussed with him 
is how putting duties on produce from Mexico, especially tomatoes, fresh tomatoes from Mexico, could actually have a negative effect on businesses in the United States. Um, and, I, and I ask you the same question. Yeah. What kind of an effect would these duties have? But then I also want to ask you a question that's also morphed toward your end of the of this uh, issue is, what kind of an effect does dumping have on our farmers in the in the United yeah. States? Yeah. So I mean, that's really the perspective we're looking at it from: is what effect does this have on um, American tomato growers? And the the U.S. tomato industry is very united on this front. Uh, the opposition in this case likes to uh, portray this as Florida versus Mexico, but the fact of the matter is, the U.S. industry is 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 spoken unanimously that they want this agreement to end. In fact, in recent months, uh, the Secretary of Commerce has received letters from over a hundred tomato growers throughout the United States in twelve different states, and all the major tomato producing states requesting termination. So this is not just Florida. This is uh, the, the industry is speaking as one voice on this issue. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, if you look back over the course of the 27 years, and in fact, going back to a, a little bit before that in 1994, when NAFTA was first signed, the U.S. tomato industry supplied 80% of the tomatoes that are consumed in the United States. Today, that is down to almost 35%. So we've gone from 80% market share in our own country to 35%. Meanwhile, the Mexican industry has gone from around 20% to over 65% market share. So the, the, the sides have completely reversed. Uh, and a big contributing factor to that is, is dumping. And we have uh, trade laws in this country to combat against unfair trade in the form of dumping that happens. And when dumping happens and when it's proven uh, through a legal proceeding, as it has been in this case, the domestic industry should be able to utilize those trade laws to protect themselves from the unfair trade. Uh, the companies that uh, the FPAA is referring to are the importers of Mexican fresh produce. Now, those importers are, of course, based in the U.S. along the Mexican-U.S. border. Many of them are actually owned by Mexican growers. Uh, those companies don't want to have to pay the dumping duties because it's a, it will impact their cash flow. But that is a result of a legal case that, unfortunately for them, their industry lost. You know, and another thing that that he said during our interview, and I want to ask your opinion on this. Uh, I'm, I'm taking you as a tomato expert. He implied that, and actually not implied, he directly said that U.S. growers haven't kept up with uh, new technologies in tomato growing and in greenhouse growing, and so therefore tomatoes from Mexico um, are a better option for bringing into the United States or for selling in the United States. You know, or is, so that that issue has already been that issue has already been litigated in front of the International Trade Commission, and they found that to not be valid at all. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you look at all the companies throughout the United States that are supporting termination of the agreement, uh, we as a coalition grow all of the same types of tomatoes that are grown in Mexico and have all of the same levels of technology that are grown in Mexico. Now, of course, in the United States, you have field growers and you have greenhouse growers. You have um, 
low-tech greenhouse and you have high-tech greenhouse. Uh, so this argument that the U.S. industry is not as technologically advanced as Mexico, uh, first of all, it's untrue. But even if it were true, even if it were true, it's irrelevant because that's not what this is about. This is about dumping tomatoes in the U.S. market. And so, you know, the, if you want to distract, if they want to distract the issue by, by making these points, they can do that. That's not what this fight is about. The fight is about unfair trade, whether or not dumping occurred, which it has, and then what should be done with it uh, to protect the U.S. industry, to protect U.S. growers. At this point, what do you see as being the best possible outcome? So the, the outcome that, that we want, of course, is for this agreement to end and for the anti-dumping duties to be imposed. We've got a 27-year track record of these suspension agreements not working. Uh, the agreements have failed. The current agreement, although there was a valiant effort made to try to make it work, it just simply hasn't. And the normal uh, course of action in these situations when a foreign industry has found to be dumping in the U.S. market is, is to have anti-dumping duties imposed. That's, that is U.S. law. And so it really is a simple matter. Uh, and it's hugely important to be able to protect American growers when they are being impacted by unfair trade practices of a foreign industry. I think most people would agree with that. Uh, we hope the Commerce Department agrees with it. Uh, we are an industry that has been under siege. We've lost market share due to these unfair trade practices, and we hope that the anti-dumping duties will help level the playing field so that American growers can get back some of that market share. And I think for uh, consumers and for companies that buy tomatoes, both American-grown tomatoes and Mexican tomatoes, will recognize that it's important for them to have strong sources from both countries. You know, we certainly recognize that Mexico has a place in the market. They've got a big place in the market. And we're not trying to block access to the U.S. market for Mexican tomatoes. I mean, they're, the opposition on this issue is trying to portray this as something in which American growers are trying to block Mexican imports from even having access to the U.S. market. That's simply not the case. We have growers in our own membership who grow tomatoes in Mexico or even buy tomatoes in Mexico for distribution. Uh, it's a dynamic market. There's room for both. But American growers, uh, if the trajectory continues, will continue to lose market share. And ultimately, it's not going to be good for buyers when it comes to price if the American industry continues to be driven out of business. And that was something else that, that uh, I talked about with Lance a little bit was, of course, from a different perspective uh, on his end, but that, you know, trade is important and it's not possible for U.S. growers to grow all the tomatoes that are needed in the United States. And therefore, we do need trading partners, uh, but it's a matter of keeping that trade fair for our, Absolutely. our farmers. So. Absolutely. And, and again, I would reiterate that the Mexican industry will have a chance to earn their way out of the anti-dumping duties by simply not dumping anymore. That's the way they work. This is not a permanent thing. This is just part of the trade law. And, 
you know, we hope that if the dumping duties are imposed, that the Mexican industry will have the discipline not to continue dumping so that we can then work toward in the future to having free trade again. Thank you once again to Michael Shadler with the Florida Tomato Exchange. That is this week's AgNet Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thank you for listening.